Hi, it's JP Mac, and welcome to Liberty Relearn, not just another conservative blog. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, this week, I am going to again talk about the uh, cocaine that was found in the White House and the status of that investigation and plus the state of free speech in this country uh namely uh when a, a federal judge asks um federal agencies such as the FBI to stop meddling and stop infringing on the free speech of others or uh pressuring uh places like Facebook or Twitter you know uh, social media outlets into doing their bidding, into um, controlling free speech or curtailing free speech of Americans. So we're going to get into that today. So getting back to the uh, cocaine that was found in the White House uh, a couple weeks ago, um, you'll be pleased to know that the Secret Service has concluded their investigation. Uh, you may not be so pleased to know that they could not find who left the uh, small bag of cocaine in the White House. Now, it's not only as if they had a huge, unlimited number of uh, suspects to, to go through. Um, you know, one list said that they had like 500 possible people that could have, uh, left it there, but I don't know, not, not to tell these people how to do their jobs, but maybe start with, um, first of all, if the cocaine was found in some area of the White House, which is under uh, video surveillance, um, maybe um, go to that start at that point where the person finds it, spots the bag of cocaine and say, oh, whoops, here's some powdery white substance. Uh, better, some, better do something about it. You start there and then you watch that spot and you just keep backing up and everybody who's at that spot... Um, that's a, a potential suspect. And you go back maybe until that Friday before the 4th of July. You know, Friday of the 4th of July weekend. When, yes, the uh, first family was, or most, most of the first family was in the White House at the time. They had not yet left for uh, Camp David at the time. So, contrary to what you have heard, but we've corrected that here on this podcast so and of course you know when we heard that um there was uh, some cocaine found in the white house uh first of all we weren't surprised uh second of all um i think all of our thoughts went directly to one person uh one person in the White House, who could uh, not only be able to bypass the usual security measures, but also 
um, who has a history of cocaine and drug addiction. And that person, of course, would be Hunter Biden. Of course, everybody is uh, innocent into, until proven guilty. That is for sure. But, I mean, it doesn't take Sherlock Holmes to figure out um, the most likely suspect here. And then, of course, as a matter, um, I talked about this last week, about how many different places that the cocaine was found. Someone said it was found in the library, and then it was found near the situation room, then it was found in a, a cubbyhole where people stash their belongings and uh, as they go into a part of the West Wing. And so, so you have at least three different stories. Um, one of them is probably true. That means two of them are either misinformation or disinformation. And which is kind of funny, uh, given about how much the Democrats and this administration want to go on and on about uh, the dangers of misinformation, disinformation. Well, here, um, basically, you have um, misinformation or disinformation being put out because if you have three different places and only one of them can be correct the other two have to be necessarily either this uh, misinformation or disinformation and so uh, you have that aspect of it and then of course you know the, the obvious the usual uh, list of suspects uh, last week I mentioned two um, because of the news reporting and it had been mentioned on uh, at least one report in the news, I forget by whom. They uh, made a mention that the entrance that the person would have came through uh, was probably or, or nearest to where the jugs were found. Um, is where the uh, people like the vice president park their cars when they drive in to work. Um, so, I mean, not for nothing, but, you know, this, the Democrats are very displeased with uh, Harris as vice president, at least some of them are, and would probably like to see someone else fill that role. And particularly if they if they plan on throwing uh, Joe Biden overboard um, for their candidate for the uh, 2024 election. Um, kind of like, well, you know, it's you, either you, you're going from bad with Joe to worse with Kamala, possibly. And so that's what they're thinking now. And so it'd be too obvious if they got rid of them both at the same time. So you have to prep the stage for uh, one or both of their exits um, somehow, right? And so this is potentially, again, we don't know. Secret Service says they don't know who left the um, uh, drugs there. I don't think anybody in the right mind uh, accepts or believes that. I, I think that... Um, in this case, um, 
you know, there is a narrative being attempted to put be put out, you know, a lot of obfuscation on the part of the White House. And so I'm very skeptical at Secret Service when they say they've concluded their investigation and they can't find a person. Because does anybody think for a minute that if uh, Trump was still in the White House that they wouldn't have names already, um, that something wouldn't have leaked out about whose it was, if it was Trump's or uh, uh, Don Jr.'s or whoever. Um, pretty sure we would know that, and that would be all over the news. And, of course, the news would have already, um, you know, tried this person in, in the in the press. This person would already have been... Uh, tried and found guilty in the press. Um, or um, also imagine that if this had been something worse, what uh, if this had been, this white powder had not had been cocaine, but it had been uh, some dangerous substance like anthrax. You don't, you don't think that the, do you think that after less than two weeks at the uh, Secret Service would say, oh, oh, sorry, we give up. We can't find the person who left it in there. No, they would continue their investigation until they found that person. But, no, here we are. Um, the mere two weeks after the event, and they've given up. They've basically given up. Um, my suspicion is that they were told to give it up. They were just told to drop it by the powers that be at the White House. And I I don't mean necessarily uh, Joe Biden. I mean the real powers at the White House, the, one, the ones pulling Joe Biden's string. But certainly Joe Biden is corrupt enough on his own to do, th- to do that. Um, so, and my, my guess is that we will find in the fullness of time that some of these prime suspects... Um, such as Hunter Biden, um, probably will, we will probably never find that they were never questioned or interrogated or at best they they were asked, "Uh, did you do it? Uh, no. Uh, Okay. Thank you. And they moved on. Um, so we're probably going to find out, uh, in the fullness of time, that is what happened. And of course, this is, this is another one of those things where unless the press really decides to get interested, um, and some of them are, some of them aren't, but this is something that the press should not just let slide. And already, it's off of the front pages. Even, uh, you know, uh, you know, news outlets like Fox News and um, I believe Newsmax and OAN, um, you know, it's even, you know, gone from the front pages of their networks, um, at least so, so far as I know. And so that is a problem. The lack of curiosity on the part of the press, again, it's not all the press. I mean, some of them are trying to do their jobs and trying to make at least a half-hearted attempt at finding out who's, who's, who did it. Um, but uh, that's where we are. The, uh, secret service says they can't find the person despite having, 
know, this is this probably has to be the most surveilled portion of the most surveilled uh, edifice in the entire world. Uh, practically, we're talking about um, you know, talking about the situation rooms or the entrances um, to the White House in this area. You know, they they. They won't get specific on where the cocaine was found, and I think that's deliberate. Um, why? Why is that? Uh, it should be pretty obvious. I mean, all you have to do again is go over the videotape, uh, go to that place. You know, the Secret Service agent knows where they where it was found. Um, they didn't forget. Um, you know, the person who found it didn't forget where they found it. And, and they're like, oh, what, maybe it's over there or maybe it's in the library. I, I don't know. I I forget. Um, no one's buying that. No one's that stupid. Um, but unfortunately, the White House uh, thinks that we are. And so there we are. That's where we are with this ongoing uh, mystery. Mystery that probably may not be solved unless there is a, another person in the White House. Or if it comes out later, I mean, uh, if it's some sort of scheme, maybe that Democrats are doing to get rid of somebody, um, maybe we'll find out then. But other than that, the only way we're going to find out the truth of the matter is probably if we have uh, Trump or some other Republican voted into the the presidency um in 2024 much the same way the only way we really found out about the um hillary a lot of the stuff that hillary clinton did and the russia collusion hoax and all that the only reason that we can say for certain that it was the hillary clinton campaign with the aid of the fbi conducting this the uh Russian collusion hoax. The only, way, only reason we can say that for certain now is because we had Trump in the White House, because we had a Republican in the White House. Otherwise, we would not know. We would suspect, and we would call be called uh, conspiracy theorists, but we would not have the proof that we have now. And so that is where we are uh, with regards to. The White House cocaine mystery. All right, so also in the news, uh, we have a U.S. District Judge, Terry Doherty, uh, who basically said, told the federal government to stay out of the affairs of the social media platforms. Don't try and suborn them to curtailing the freedom of speech and to censoring the free speech of Americans and others. <clears throat> and so now, um, I guess you can, I would unfortunately come as no surprise to hear that the Biden regime is actively um, fighting against this ruling. They apparently are very interested in continuing on with uh, infringing on the free speech of others and supporting the uh, uh, 
social media platforms such as Facebook and Twitter into doing their bidding, things that they cannot do themselves. Now, of course, it is unconstitutional for the uh, federal government to pressure entities into doing things, into uh, taking away rights, uh, into doing things that they cannot do themselves. They cannot subcontract out the censorship of American free speech to other entities. And so why did pe the people who argue that, well, you know, the, the Twitter is privately owned or publicly owned, it's not part of the federal government, therefore the First Amendment doesn't apply. Well, the First Amendment does apply to the government, and the government is not allowed to pressure uh, the news media, the, the press, or anybody into not saying anything or changing what they can and cannot say. Okay, that is adding, there. that's uh, pressuring uh, people to do the bidding. That's pressuring uh, them to curtail the free speech of others, something that they are not allowed to do themselves. And they are not allowed, again, to subcontract out the uh, censorship of uh, American citizens to others. And so that is a no-no. And so that is what this uh, judge, this federal uh, judge, has told to the federal government, especially the uh, uh, entities like FBI. Um, and so this is coming from an article in Just the News. Uh, it's called, Judge Tells Feds to Take Free Speech Training Before Asking Social Media to Censor. In other words, you know, uh, read the friggin' Constitution before you uh, go to these places and ask them to censor the uh, free speech of their participants and the press. And so, this article again from, uh, I don't know what today is. Today is... Uh, that's by Greg Piper, and it was updated July 10th. So it's it's a couple of days old, but it's still um, still fresh enough to be worthy of mention, because there's something that's going on. And of course, you know, we here at Liberty Relearned are very interested in anybody who would like to take away our liberty, uh, sense to reason. And so this judge would uh, tend to agree with us, and they're saying, no, federal government, you are not allowed to tell American citizens what they can or cannot say. You are not allowed to tell these uh, entities, these, uh, these social media platforms, what people can and cannot say. And so it goes on in the article to say that, Preliminary injunction is neither vague nor overly broad, Judge Tell's Justice Department. Newly disclosed email shows feds entrain COVID claims or entertain COVID claims deemed misinformation. And the article goes on to say, starts out, 
Uh, taking a page from Monty Python and the Holy Grail, the Biden administration accused a federal judge of repressing its speech. Unlike the King Arthur and the rude French peasant, and by the way, I got to stop him there. That was a British or English peasant in the Holy Grail, so I expect a a um, retraction and a correction from uh, Justin News in their next iteration. So that so yeah, we we cannot have uh, this misinformation about Amani Python being spread. It was indeed an English peasant who told King Arthur that uh, he was being repressed and witnessed the um, oppression inherent in the system. Um, so I don't know if I can trust these people anymore. They, they've got the simple fact from Monty Python wrong. I'm going to have serious doubts about anything I read from Justin News anymore. Um, but seriously... Um, uh, U.S. District Judge Terry Doherty refused to halt his preliminary injunction against the White House, federal agencies, and officials that prohibits them from pressuring or encouraging social media companies to censor lawful content on hot-button topics such as COVID-19, elections, and Hunter Biden's laptop, which Doherty said targeted conservative-leading speech. The injunction, injunction is not as broad as it appears. Despite covering many federal agencies and officials, the order states, quote, it only prohibits something that the defendants have no legal right to do and contains numerous exceptions that are not ambiguous. And so... I said the White House and the DOJ are fighting really hard for the ability to infringe on the free speech of other uh, by pressuring social media outlets into doing so for them. Um, so I think that tells you all you need to know about this current regime and the Democrats about how they feel about free speech. Um, so we'll go on a little bit more, um, and they have so this they have this quote from Attorney General Andrew Bailey. He is the Attorney General, I think, of Illinois or Missouri. Um, so he is an Attorney General, and he's saying the judge said it perfectly: violation of a First Amendment constitutional right, even for a short period of time, is always irreparable injury. And so, let's go back up. Um, that. Okay. Violation of a First Amendment constitutional right, even for a short period of time, is always irreparable injury. Worthy of an injunction, the judge said, in language cheered by Missouri, Attorney General Andrew Bailey, who is challenging the public-private coordination along with Louisiana AG Jeff Landry, censored doctors and others. Okay. And so this they also go on to talk about um, the ongoing release of emails among federal officials pertaining to COVID, 
through uh, Freedom of Information Act requests and litigation, shows that some feds have entertained the very claims uh, targeted for censorship by other officials, sometimes with the help of private disinformation cops named in Doherty's injunction. Days after the 2020 election, two National Institutes of Health officials questioned the ability of either cloth masks or forthcoming COVID vaccines to control SARS-CoV-2 transmission, according to their redacted email to then-FDA Commissioner Stephen Hahn. And it goes on uh, about how uh, entities like the FDA and Dr. Fauci uh, basically interfered with the uh, free speech of Americans. And so I want to scroll on down to where I know some of the summary is. Um, okay. Um, all right. Missouri and Louisiana asserted their First Amendment and state constitutional rights to defend their own, quote, quasi-sovereign interests as the Supreme Court authorized when Massachusetts sued the Environmental Protection Agency, Doherty said. So that's apparently in light of a former ruling, of uh, previous ruling by the Supreme Court. Don't know which one it was. Anyhow, um, the individual plaintiffs have also shown, quote, future harm is likely to occur without an injunction. And yeah. Yeah, they're going to keep doing it until they're stopped. Um, they're going to keep telling you uh, what is disinformation and what is information. They're going to keep lying about things like the Hunter Biden laptop and Russian collusion and all that until they are stopped by somebody. He goes on to say, the only effect of lifting the order would be to free the government to do what Doherty has already found is unconstitutional urge, encourage, pressure, or induce the removal, deletion, suppression, or reduction of content containing protected free speech on social media platforms. It's not hard to distinguish between government speech in and of itself, which remains protected, and the, quote, use of government agencies and employees to coerce and or significantly Encourage social media platforms to suppress free speech on their platforms, which is not the judge wrote. Which is not the judge wrote. Now that he has limited the injunction to Supreme Court jurisprudence rather than that of all U.S. courts in response to DOJ concerns, Doherty said federal officials, quote, can be and should be trained to recognize what speech is protected and what speech is not prior to working with social media uh, companies to suppress or delegate posting. So I read that. I read that wrong. Let me read that again. Uh, now that he has limited the injunction to Supreme Court jurisprudence rather than that of all U.S. courts in response to DOJ concerns. Doherty said 
federal officials can, quote, be and should be trained to recognize what is free speech, what free speech is protected, and what free speech is not prior to working with social media companies to suppress or delete postings. And so there you have it in a nutshell. The federal government was pressuring uh, uh, outlets such as Facebook and Twitter to suppress or delete postings. And that is a no-no. You cannot get a company, privately owned company or publicly owned company, to do something that the you, the government, are not allowed to do. You are not allowed to outsource censorship. You are not allowed to do that. And this uh, Judge Doherty has spoken. And again, it really says all, it really tells you all you need to know about the Democrats and the Biden regime about how hard they are fighting this rule, which should be so plainly obvious that you know, you're not allowed to interfere with the free speech of anybody. Uh, you're just not allowed to do that. Um, it just tells you all you need to know about how the uh, Democrats feel about uh, your right to free speech. Again, um, you know, and it was more than just that, obviously. Uh, you may remember, uh, particularly back in 2020, when they, you know, when they were kind of at the height of all of this stuff and suppressing free speech, um, not just around the uh, Hunter Biden laptop, but also around COVID and the efficiency of things like masks and the vaccine. You know, they were trying to suppress other points of view when they're actively attempting and, and in some cases see, succeeding in getting uh, free speech suppressed, particularly in Twitter, and but also on Facebook. And so in some cases, Twitter, you know, back before uh, Elon Musk took over, they were, one could say they were fairly, you know, they were willing participants in the suppression of free speech in most cases. They did not put up a ton of resistance. They did in some cases, but not in most of the cases. And so, yeah, that's... That's our government for you. They don't want to be told that they can't infringe on your free speech. And, of course, it wasn't just that. It was your freedom of association. You weren't allowed to go out. Certain people weren't allowed to work. And you had, if you went to work, you had to wear a mask. And you weren't allowed to do certain things and go certain places if you were not inoculated. And, um, of course, you were not allowed to worship as you f see fit. And so there again, you know, you have a, um, a huge infringement 
on your your First Amendment rights, not just your freedom of the press or freedom of association, but also your freedom of religion. These were all being suppressed, uh, particularly in 2020. And so the federal government wants to be able to continue to suppress free speech. And so, you know, the only way to put an end to this is to vote in uh, legislatures, both on state, local, and federal level, um, who will support our First Amendment rights. And, but particularly those um, on the federal level um, when it comes to things like this. Because the federal level at which the, you know, the FDA and Dr. Fauci and FBI were up to their shenanigans and telling people not to post this Hunter Biden laptop or not to post this study that claimed that the uh, uh, cloth masks were ineffective or what have you. And so they really fought hard to infringe, for the right to infringe on your free speech. And so there, um, there you have it. And in a related story, um, and this one is uh, coming from OAN, One America News. Uh, so this was put out on the 14th. Um, and it says, Paul, that's Rand Paul, uh, Free Speech Protection Act targets federal censorship uh, content moderation. And this is, goes back to what we were just talking about. Uh, the various government agencies trying to uh, suborn the infringement of, of free speech, um, you know, trying to suborn entities like Facebook and uh, Twitter into infringing on free speech was something they're not allowed to do. And so, um, not not going to read the whole article, but uh, Senator Rand Paul is introducing legislation in the Senate, obviously, about trying to codify and strengthen our free speech protection against the federal government doing things exactly like uh, Judge Doherty was uh, doing and trying to do in his injunction. So he's trying to make it more obvious with his. Uh, the Free Speech Protection Act, which hopefully you would think should get bipartisan support, probably won't. But um, you know, there is a you know GOP-led House, um, so you know, hopefully Paul can get through the Senate, and maybe we can get something done, um, strengthening uh, the free speech laws of this country. And outlawing outright, um, not that that isn't already from the Constitution, but you know, um, one more law, you know, targeting uh, federal censorship and content moderation, you know, wouldn't hurt, wouldn't go uh, amiss if if you do that. So hopefully he can get this through, and it would be very interesting. I I think that the uh, GOP-led House should follow Rand's 
lead on this and try and work with them in crafting legislation um, and bring it up and pass it and defy the president not to sign it and have him explain why he doesn't want to sign a bill limiting um, what the federal government can do uh, with regards to uh, infringing free speech. Um, so, you know, let you get it passed, even if the uh, Biden promises to veto it, you know, let him explain why he's going to veto this legislation. Okay. Um, so, that is a good thing. Again, this is from OAN One American News. Um, and I will make sure and post it on Getter. Uh, as soon as I can. Don't let me forget. Remind me. Alright. So, moving on. Kind of scrolling down um, my Getter news feed here. Looking for a story. Just finding hard to find. But um, basically what I wanted to talk to you about, hopefully I will find it, is uh, you may remember the pastor um, in Canada. He was arrested several times when it came. You know, he refused to shut down his congre congregation during COVID. And he was arrested and things like that. Well, apparently his son went to uh, speak in front of the European Union and talk about all those things that were done um, to his father and with regards to freedom of religion in Canada. And so, although I can't find it here... Um, Give me a one minute. And so, okay, welcome back. And I have found the uh, the story. It's not the exact story, but it's the same story, just from a different outlet. Uh, this is from BPR, Business and Politics, from uh, uh, BizPack News, I believe. So... Uh, this is from Vivek Saxena, and this was from July 16th, 2023. So this is today. Okay, so this is put out today. Um, as I mentioned, the son of the pastor who was arrested numerous times for refusing to shut down his congregation during COVID, uh, his son is, was uh, speaking in front of European Parliament. And so the, the uh, headline here is EU Parliament gives embattled Canadian pastor's son a standing O ovation. Trudeau is a modern day Caligula. Well, that's saying a lot. Won't dispute that, but that's saying a lot. Um, says a Canadian man has gone viral for delivering a speech that earned him raucous applause from the European Parliament. The man, 23-year-old Nathaniel Pawalski, is the son of Pastor 
Arthur Pawalski. According to Fox News, Pawalski's father, quote, has been continuously entangled with the authorities in Calgary, Alberta, since he ejected police and public health officials from his uh, cave of Adulam Church as they attempted to inspect it for COVID-19 compliance during an Easter service in 2021. And of course, there's that famous video. You can look that up. Um, but it's pretty good, pretty good stuff. Uh, he's a, in effect, a violator of Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's draconian COVID diktats. And for this, he now reportedly faces 10 years in prison. Enter the European Parliament, which invited his father to testify, but because of his legal entanglements, he was an, unable to travel to Europe, and so Pawlowski uh, spoke for him. His son f spoke for him, I think they, they mentioned. Um, so, there you go. Um, and they have a quote from him, from his speech. I am going to speak about the consequences of abuse of power under the guise of health set by set out by the WHO framework that local governments take upon themselves to implement. I'm the son of Pastor Artur Pawlowski. I am here today in desperation and cry for help. I would like to stand here and tell you all things about freedom and democracy that I like, but I no, lo no longer know these things, he began. Um, so, um, again, his um, father is in a little bit of trouble over there in Canada for simply not agreeing to obey the uh, tyranny of the Trudeau regime up there in Canada. Um, so, so good, so good for him on that. And so just kind of to kind of wrap up this story, um, which I encourage you to read, I'm going to post it online on Getter. So don't worry, it will and I'll post it um, in the notes for the show so that um, you can watch the entire thing. It's pretty good. Um, and you may remember that during the uh, COVID-19 uh, event tyranny, um, you had the Canadian truckers. They protested in, uh, all throughout Canada, but especially on the streets of Ottawa. And the Reverend Pawalski uh, went and ministered to those truckers. He had a he did a sermon. He conducted a sermon to those truckers, and that's one of the things that um, the Canadian government didn't like. They basically tried to claim he was uh, being a, a problem or rabble rouser or something. I don't know, um, but. And these things are still going on. Trudeau is still the Prime Minister of Canada, amazingly. Um, you know, you, you have to wonder what hold 
does he have over the Canadian people? Because so many Canadians don't like what he's doing. They see him as a tyrant. And, but somehow they can't get him out. And isn't that the way, by the way, how all of these dictatorships start? They, the guy gets elected and finds some way to stay in 15, 20 years later, um, despite the best efforts of a large uh, number of the citizens disagreeing. And so this is... Um, the greatest tyranny I, that I can think of to occur in the Western world um, since the 20th century. Okay, so this is basically the greatest tyranny since you know the fall of Nazism and fascism that we've seen in the West. Now, of course, the, Est, the East has you know, continuously had totalitarian regimes in North Korea and China and things like that. But the West has not seen any tyranny raising, rising to this level since the mid-20th century, really. And so that in itself is shocking. So, you know, we... Uh, you know, our thoughts and prayers go out. Um, I know people hate when you say that, but they really do to the Reverend Pawelski and people like him who stood up to the tyrants and who continue to stand up. And uh, also like uh, his son who um, brought his case to the European Parliament so eloquently. So, um, good for him. I hope people will continue to do that because they're not going to give up, whether it's our government or the Canadian government, they're not going to give up on their effort to stifle free speech and to uh, get us into a point, I think, of eventually getting us into a totalitarian system, particularly if, if we are not careful. We're certainly moving in that direction. We're already, I mean, Canada is a little bit ahead of us. And some of the other Commonwealth countries like Australia are a little bit ahead of us when it comes to the authoritarianism, particularly when it came to COVID-19. And, but, you know, we're not that far behind. Um, we have this thing called the Constitution, which luckily... Uh, people like Justice, the, the Judge Doherty, in that earlier case I talked about, you know, tries, and Rand Paul in his legislation tried to rein in the excesses and the tyrannical um, things, some of the tyrannical things that uh, Western governments do and they should not be doing. No government in the Western 20th century should be acting this way, not the way that uh, Canada's Trudeau is acting and not the way that our DOJ under Biden has been acting. So hopefully this is something that won't just die out, um, that we won't forget about, you know, until, until we have the, our rights that were meant for us, 
that our founding fathers meant for us to have until we have those rights again we cannot give up on calling um, infringements upon those rights out be it uh, Canadian preachers or uh, Twitter and or Facebook and things like that in our social media and the press um, we cannot fail to call these actions out whenever and uh, wherever we see them and so I think we can leave it at that we've gone through a couple of different good subjects which are important to people who are interested in, in preserving our liberty um, so and of course we'll see what happens with regards to both of these cases whether our liberties continue to be infringed or whether enough people will stand up against them um, to get them restored so hopefully it will be the latter and hopefully a lot of that in 2024 will go uh, will take a huge leap um, towards getting that restored And so once again, I want to take this time to thank all of you who have been following the Liberty Relearn podcast on uh, social media, uh, particularly on Rumble for the video portion and also Spotify, uh, the host of this um, podcast. So hopefully you'll either watch and or listen to the podcast. And thank you everybody so far who has and if you think any of this that you've seen or heard is useful and other people would like to hear or see um please let them know don't keep it a secret uh let them know that there's another voice out i like to think that sometimes i have a different point of view and i see things that other um, pundits and other people have and other you know that you won't get anywhere else and of course but a lot of it is uh things that you will see other places and that's great too hopefully you will allow me to be one of those voices in your ear um from time to time and th so thank you everybody who has watched and or listened to the podcast and hopefully you will tell your friends and give us a good five-star rating. And so follow Liberty Relearned online at libertyrelearned.com. Uh, also follow Liberty Relearned on Facebook and at LR Podcast on Getter. And so thanks again. And until next time, stay healthy, happy, and free.